48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. The headlines. Cathay Dragon ends operations immediately as the Cathay Group announces deep cuts. Analysts say the move will reduce the amount of cash the airline burned through in the pandemic. But with unemployment at a 16-year high, politicians decry the loss of more than 5,000 local jobs. Cathay Pacific has announced its regional subsidiary, Cathay Dragon, will seize operations from today and a quarter of jobs in the group will be cut as it struggles to survive the coronavirus pandemic. Around 5,300 Hong Kong-based employees will be made redundant, as well as 600 outside Hong Kong. Cathay Pacific says it will also ask cabin and cockpit crew to agree to new conditions of service. It says the restructuring will cost around $2.2 billion dollars but should reduce its cash burn to around $500 million a month. In a video message to staff, Cathay CEO Augustus Tang says the restructure is the only way for the airline to survive. He says he's truly sorry for the anxiety it has caused. I hope you understand that there is no other way. As hard and as devastating as this decision is, it is the right one to take. It is absolutely necessary for the survival of the company. I want to assure each and every one of you that we have done everything we can to minimize job losses. And for those who will be leaving us, we have done everything we can to provide generous severance packages. Markets reacted positively to Cathay's restructuring plan, with shares surging by more than 6% in morning trading. They paired back some of those gains and finished at $5.95 at lunch, having closed at $5.72 yesterday. Cathay's Flight Attendants Union says about 2,000 cabin crew are losing their jobs. Amber Suen is its vice chairwoman. We're hugely disappointed. We're completely disappointed with this decision. We suggested, we put forward some of the uh, numbers of uh, measures, but then um, none of the suggestions were, take, uh, were, were implemented. About whether there will be future redund uh, redundancy made, we're sure that people are worried about it. The union said Cathay would give employees who are losing their jobs an extra month's salary and compensate them for unpaid leave they've already been forced to take. The company will not take up its right to raid workers' retirement accounts to pay their severance. The Financial Secretary, Paul Chan, says the government had asked Cathay Pacific to minimise the impact of its restructuring and ensure it was well equipped to resume services after the pandemic. He said the airline faced unprecedented operational and financial pressure despite a $27 billion government-led bailout in June. Aviation analyst Kelvin Lau from Daiwa Capital Markets says Cathay's restructuring plan is bigger than expected. He says the revamp can help the airline survive by reducing its cash burn rate. In the past, I think the cash burn rate more matters than profit because they definitely will make loss for this year. But uh, I think cash burn is also very crucial. So it helps to reduce that. And second is that I think more to come is on the other cost-cutting measures that they may not need to announce, but they, I think, will continue like uh, probably the network. They will try to reduce or optimize. So I think this will also lead to more cost-cutting. He also says it's reasonable for Cathay to axe Cathay Dragon, considering it also owns the budget carrier Hong Kong Express. A former Cathay Pacific pilot says the government should ask the airline to do what it can to retain staff, especially after it received a bailout. 
The Civic Party lawmaker Jeremy Tam says it's inevitable the mass redundancy will push up the city's unemployment rate, which hit a 16-year high of 6.4% yesterday. Since the government have a major role in this airline, they can simply say, OK, extent of the no-pay leave, indefinite, even indefinite. So when the aviation industry picks up again, then all those people, they just you know, go back to their position rather than they need to look for a new job. Of course, I mean, during the meanwhile, they will look for a new job. Of course, that's for sure. The Federation of Trade Unions lawmaker Alice Mack says it's high time for the administration to roll out unemployment subsidies to help those affected. We have estimated that it will push up the uh, unemployment rate to uh, 0.2%. So the government cannot just uh, neglect uh, the impact of this layoff plan. The government should consider how to uh, implement um, effective and timely measures to help those unemployed. Uh, in, uh, especially, we urge the government to launch a unemployment subsidy scheme uh, to help those unemployed. However, the tourism sector lawmaker Yu Su Wing said that the drastic cuts were understandable. He called on the government to do more to help airlines and other major players in the sector, such as travel agencies. In other news, the Constitutional Affairs Minister Eric Zeng has dismissed as a conspiracy theory claims that last month's LegCo elections were scrapped because the government was afraid of losing. He told lawmakers that the polls couldn't be held because of COVID-19 and there were no plans yet for new elections. He said district council polls went ahead last year amid what he called serious black violence. Government opponents won most of those seats. Offensive graffiti targeting a former magistrate has been spray-painted on walls in Kowloon Tong. Police say they received a report at around 10 last night about the graffiti on Marconi Road, criticising Stanley Ho. It's been classified as criminal damage and no one has been arrested so far. When Mr Ho was a magistrate, pro-Beijing groups accused him of bias towards anti-government protesters. He was moved to an, anti- an administrative role at the High Court last month. Brazil says a Chinese-made coronavirus vaccine will be part of its national immunisation plan in one of the first such efforts in the world to fight the pandemic. The country has recorded more than 5 million cases of the virus and 150,000 deaths. Here's the BBC's Katie Watson. According to Sao Paulo's state, the federal government has agreed to buy 46 million doses of the so-called Coronavac, as long as it's approved by the country's health regulator. But when that does happen, it'll be one of two vaccines included in Brazil's immunisation programme. The other is being developed by AstraZeneca and Oxford University. The vaccine is currently in the final stage of trials, which are being conducted in Sao Paulo. The state governor, Joao Doria, said he hopes Brazilians can start receiving it at the start of next year. A new report says that the coronavirus pandemic and automation are creating what it calls a double disruption scenario for workers. Here's the BBC's Andrew Walker. The World Economic Forum's report has some striking findings both on how we will work in the future and on how technology will affect the numbers and types of jobs available. It also found evidence that these changes are likely to be more rapid because of the pandemic. Globally, it predicts that machines will displace 85 million jobs by 2025, but more new roles, 97 million, are likely to emerge. But in the present, the report says millions of workers have already experienced profound changes which have hit disadvantaged people with great ferocity. In two months, the pandemic destroyed more jobs than the financial crisis did in two years. 
The British government is to put the northern city of Manchester under the toughest coronavirus restrictions from midnight tomorrow after failing to gain the support of its mayor, Andy Burnham, who'd called for more funding. The Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, said otherwise many lives and the health service would be at risk. He said the compensation he'd offered for closing businesses was proportional. Unfortunately, agreement wasn't reached and I do regret this. As I said last week, it would have been better and uh, we would have a better chance of defeating the virus if we work together. Uh, in addition, I'm, I must say, to the uh, support outlined above, we made a generous and extensive offer to support Manchester's business. Nigerian soldiers have opened fire on anti-government protesters in the city of Lagos. It comes after a second day of widespread unrest in the country. This witness told of how the troops took out CCTV and lights at a toll gate in the wealthy suburb of Lekki, then advanced on protesters. At exactly 6.45pm, the soldiers they pulled up around um, the Oriental Hotel and they started firing directly at we, the peaceful protesters. They were firing and they were advancing straight at us. It was chaos. Somebody got hit, you know, straight beside me, and he died on the spot. He said he counted around 20 bodies and at least 50 people were injured. The soldiers then picked up the dead. Angry mobs started vandalising shops and burning tyres. NASA says its OSIRIS-REx space probe has successfully touched down briefly on the asteroid Bennu, 330 million kilometres away from Earth. The probe appears to have carried out its mission to suck up samples of rock and dust from the asteroid's surface. The mission's leader, Professor Dante Loretta, said everything seemed to have gone to plan. We made it down to the asteroid surface. We were in contact. The gas bottles fired. Uh, we backed away successfully from the asteroid surface. Uh, emotions are high. Everybody is really proud. And uh, we have some work to do. Uh, to determine how much sample that we have collected. The British guitarist Spencer Davis, who founded the Spencer Davis Group, has died. He was 81 and had been undergoing treatment for pneumonia. The band were best known for their 1960s hits, Keep On Running, Gimme Some Lovin' and I'm A Man. Here's the BBC's Colin Patterson. Keep on running. The Spencer Davis Group got their name because although Steve Winwood was the singer, Spencer Davis was the only one who enjoyed doing interviews. In 1966, they had back-to-back -back UK number ones with Keep On Running and Somebody Help Me. Somebody help me the following year, they took their bluesy sound into the US top ten. Over the decades, Spencer Davis continued to tour, often playing more than 200 shows a year. And in financial news, shares in the US entertainment streaming giant Netflix have fallen sharply after the company posted the weakest growth in new subscribers in four years and lower than expected profits. Netflix shares fell by nearly 6% on Wall Street in after-hours trading. Locally, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 24,758. That's 180 points up on the previous close. Currency is the US dollar trading at 105.30 yen, the euro stands at 1 US dollar 18 cents, and the pound will get you 10 Hong Kong dollars and 5 cents. Sport now, here's Damon Pang. Thank you, and let's go to football first. 
the group stage of the UEFA Champions League got underway. Two of the big names in world football, Barcelona and Juventus, both started with wins. The BBC's John Bennett has details. There was yet another landmark for Lionel Messi as Barcelona beats Ferenc Varos 5-1. He became the first player in Champions League history to find the net in 16 consecutive campaigns as he opened the scoring with a penalty. It wasn't all good news, though, for his head coach, Ronald Koeman. Gerard Piquet was sent off for a professional foul. He'll miss next week's game against Juventus. As for Juve, Andrea Pirlo won the Champions League twice as a player and his first campaign in the competition as a head coach started with a win. Juventus beat Dinamo Kiev 2-0 in a controlled, disciplined performance. Alvaro Morata scored both goals. Elsewhere, Manchester United marked their return to the Champions League with victory at last season's runners-up Paris Saint-Germain. Here's Rashford turning on the edge of the area and shooting in at the foot of the post. Brilliant finish from Rashford. He's done it again in the Parc de Prince. That was Marcus Rashford scoring late to give United a 2-1 win in Paris. Chelsea were held to a goalless draw by Sevilla at Stamford Bridge. The Blues boss Frank Lampard seemed happy with his team not conceding a goal. Seville were a top team in European football, there's no doubt. The concentration, the focus that you need in the Champions League to get a result, as in to get a clean sheet, was big from the team. Decisions they made, decisions when we defended well, decisions when we played longer as opposed to keeping possession. I thought there were a lot of good decisions tonight, so really nice base for us to build from. Lazio made a winning start in Group F, beating Borussia Dortmund 3-1. Club Rouge 1-2-1 at Senate St. Petersburg. Plans for a lucrative European Premier League involving top English clubs that would supersede the Champions League have been revived. More from the BBC's Andy Barwell. Talks have been taking place over the creation of a new six billion US dollar European Premier League involving top sides from across the continent. Sources have told the BBC discussions are still at an early stage, but the plan would involve replacing the Champions League with a new format. UEFA have now hit back, saying they strongly oppose the idea. The principles, they say, of solidarity, promotion, relegation and open leagues are non-negotiable. It's what makes European football work and the Champions League the best sports competition in the world. Now to baseball, the LA Dodgers have drawn first blood in the World Series, taking Game 1 after beating the Tampa Bay Rays 8-3. The Dodgers had a big fifth inning, scoring four runs to one to break away. LA pitcher Clayton Kershaw was dominant, allowing only one run and two hits in six innings. Game 2 is tomorrow morning, Hong Kong time, and that's your sports. To end the news, a reminder of our top stories this lunchtime. Cathay Dragon ends operations immediately as the Cathay Pacific Group announces deep cuts. Analysts say the move will reduce the amount of cash that the airline burned through during the pandemic. But with unemployment in Hong Kong at a 16-year high, politicians from across the spectrum decry the loss of more than 5,000 local jobs. And that's the news from RTHK.
123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday, the 21st of October, is today's date. Many thanks to Phil Whelan for the morning brew. We do have a jam packed program for you. In about 10 minutes or so, we'll be chatting with a regular voice of the 123 show. We'll be chatting with Marcy Trent Long, who is the founder of the Sustainable, uh, Sustainable Asia podcast series. 
where she and some experts often discuss leading environmental issues here in Asia. And Marcy will be joining us to talk a little bit more about where this idea came from and how she's always looking for interesting ideas. So maybe you can also help contribute to this wonderful podcast series. Um, that'll be just